0: Whether it's the Sherlock Holmes tour in London, the night helicopter flight over Las Vegas, or whitewater rafting in the Grand Canyon, whatever you're into, you'll find an experience you love. Discover and book your next unforgettable travel experience at getyourguide.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Today's episode is brought to you by Alienware. impressive overclocking potential your dream setup amazing prices and free shipping await you for a limited time only at alienware.com deals that's alienware.com deals welcome to stuff to
2: blow your mind from howstuffworks.com
1: Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb.
2: And I'm Julie Douglas.
1: And uh, we're going to talk about smells. Smell, mm-hmm. and, and don't turn off the podcast. You made it this far into a, a podcast about smells.
2: You know you like smells.
1: Yeah, because that's the thing. The sense of smell is amazing, and it is mind-blowing. We, we end up taking it for granted, but but it's one of the strongest senses that we have. Mm-hmm. Out of all the five, it's the only one that uh, interacts directly with the brain. Yep. And, and just imagine how boring the world would be without it. And 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 also take into account that we really haven't studied it seriously scientifically mm-hmm. until the last couple of decades. Right. Like there was a, but before that, if you were like, I'm going to scientifically study smell. I'm really interested in how things smell and what makes something stink and what makes something smell good and how something that could uh, the same odor could sort of smell good if we thought it was one thing and stink if we thought it was the other. People would laugh at you. They would say, Ah, oh, ha, ha. Why don't you go study ghosts or something?
2: Right. 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 Did did they ever think that there would be a whole industry that is. Um, uh built on smell like for instance if you go into the gap if you go into that retailer there is a specific smell that was created just for that store keeping you the customer in mind you know sort of fresh light smell to try yeah. to manipulate your yeah mood. it
1: goes far beyond just the the perfume industry or, or anything of that nature it yeah. gets into in, into what kind of smells do people react to um how do how do smells interact with our memories um Wine, and then wine is a one smell appeal to say one group of people and not to another. It just gets, it it, it gets crazy.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so today we're going to talk about smells, but we're going to try to talk about it in a little bit of an unorthodox way. And uh, <clears throat> I I'm not lying here. We're going to talk about David Beckham's foot at one point.
1: Oh yes, yeah.
2: Yeah. So so let's get into it.
1: All right. Well, um, a lot of this came from a panel that I attended at the. Uh, at the World Science Festival in New York Mm -hmm. uh, in June of 2011. Mm -hmm. We were both up there hitting various panels. Yep, and this one was
2: called Sense and Sensibilities, right? Yes. Sort of a take on Jane Austen.
1: Yeah, and it was a really cool one. Like all of them, barely got there in time because it was like you know taking the train and then trying to figure out where I was supposed to go and then using the phone to try and triangulate exactly where I was and where it was. It was very... uh, and sure as you were did. looking
2: at the phone, bumping into the building and realizing that was the building that you needed to hoof it into. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yes. And uh it, it was a great panel. And one of the things they did, they did a a really interesting smell test mm-hmm. where everybody had these different cards under their uh well, they weren't under the chair, but they were handed out to you. It was lightly it was as if they were under the chair. Right. Uh and each one has a number, mm-hmm. and then you smell it, and then they would vote to see what people thought the smell was. Right. So um it I thought we might just run through these real quick. Okay, let's All right. do it. Alright, so this is uh we're gonna count down from the top. This is number four. Number four. And this is a little card, it has a you gotta peel the plastic back. Oh, I was on about that. to say yeah. I can
2: smell something kinda it smells kinda good, but it's very faint. Langlang.
1: I don't know what that is.
2: It's a it's a uh, not like a lily smell.
1: Oh, okay. So you're getting kind of a like a sweet plant mm-hmm. kind of smell from yeah. it.
2: Yeah. What is number four then I well, have up to my nose? It
1: is a Tahitian flower by the name of Tiari. So there you All right, go. That's that's, close. You were pretty close on yeah, that one. Yeah, I was uh, going to say t-
2: Tahitian flower. Yeah.
1: Well, it's it's fre- frequently used in, you know, kind of perfumey smells. Now number 3.
2: Mm, okay. This smells like uh it smells good, but it cause it also smells like um underarm plus like maybe a, a dryer sheet.
1: Oh, that's that's very uh, spot on because it's musk. Ah, which is of course okay. musk, you know, musky odors, but musk is also an important ingredient very in, in in soap products. That's so. funny.
2: I felt like God, I don't should I say I like this? I feel a little dirty in saying that I like this. Yeah. That was my initial reaction. So it was
1: squeezed directly, directly from a muskrat. And then uh, the final one, this is number 1, and this one is actually double wrapped, so you'll have to take it out of the, the plastic.
2: Hey, if it's double wrapped, it's probably pretty pungent, right?
1: Well, that would seem to imply.
2: Oh, goodness. Yeah, it is. It's uh, still
1: strong after so many months.
2: I mean, it's it clearly smells like cheese, and uh, ah, it's like a very pungent cheese. Yes. I mean, I, I'm not going to say it's cheddar, but it's it's strong.
1: Yeah, this one was the, the most fun uh, at, at this festival because <laughs> people were throwing out various ideas from the audience, things of such as uh, it's underarm, it's uh, it's feet, it's. Uh, it's body odor. It's, it's locker funk. It's, Ugh. and then other people were saying it's Lindberger. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Swiss. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's some sort of weird potato. Tell me,
2: Robert Lamb, what have I just put up to my nose?
1: David Beckham's feet. Apparently this was taken, this, this was smell it. was taken directly from David Beckham's, uh, foot funk and then made into a chemical form and then brushed under the, all these little cards and then handed out to, uh, uh people attending this particular panel.
2: All right. So, I mean, I, I read about, uh, not necessarily this that you just put in my nose, but that his foot has been studied before I didn't realize I was going to get it. It's quite a like, specimen, I that mean, foot. God, I mean, his molecules are, they're, they're just rumbling around my nose right now. And, 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 and re- uh, touching
1: your brain. I should really smell are touching it as well brain. just to be fair, yeah. I guess. I
2: have I to say, it's a little bit disturbing, especially since <laughs> I like cheese. Um, I really do. And I that is, I did.
1: that is the weird thing. Like this same smell in a different context. Um, at least cheese, uh, fans would be like, mm-hmm. Oh, that smells delightful. There was a, an art opening I was helping at here in town that my wife was organizing and there was some cheese on hand. And so, uh, Bonnie was unwrapping it and mm-hmm. getting it ready on the table. And I was doing something else, like getting the lighting or sound ready. For the event, and I smelled this odor, and I'm like, "Oh my goodness, we're about to have this art event, and a mouse has died in the wall. What are we going to do?" It's like I don't, I don't know how to get back there and get it. Like clearly something has died, and then I found out that no, it was this cheese. And uh, and and then later we had some uh, friends that were attending it who are big Frenchophiles and really into mm-hmm. to cheese. They were like, "Oh, this smells great. Can we take it home and, and devour it?" And we're like, "Yes, please, yes please, please take, take it. Take
2: the dead mouse home
1: because it is it is stinking up the space." So different, different circumstances, different ideas about where the smell is coming from has a huge impact on whether it is a good smell or a bad smell.
2: Different cultures, right? Here, right? Um, and there is a woman on this panel, Cicel Tolas, right? The Norwegian odor artist.
1: Oh, yes. She was awesome.
2: Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, you know, by the way, this is all online. So you can go to World Science Festival, put in sense, S C E N T S, not S E N S. Uh, sense and sensibilities and you can see some of this stuff it's great she is uh, uh, they call her an odor provocateur and right? she's
1: really like a warrior for smell in the same way that you hear a lot of parents arguing that okay you shouldn't not let a child say that a food is yucky or mm-hmm. you should not say oh this tastes bad in front mm-hmm. of a child like she takes it even farther that we should not talk about things stinking or smelling bad And I'm kind of on the same boat when it comes to cheese. Like when I hear people talk about, ooh, I'm going to try a stinky cheese. I'm like, don't use that word. Use a different word for the thing that you like. Don't say stinky. Say it's uh, pungent, pungent, pungent I like, or fragrant, very fragrant cheese, expressive cheese, but don't say (laughs) stinky. And that was one of the things she was talking about. It's like we have to, you know, we have to bring up a new generation that has a more nuanced way of talking about smell, because for a lot of people, it's just like, oh, that's a good smell and that's a bad smell. And it's a lot more complicated than that.
2: Yeah, and that's kind of what put her on her whole journey. She said to herself, can I think beyond the dichotomies of good and bad sense? And she certainly has plumbed this subject. Yes, to, like, she has she,
1: broken on through to she, the other side. Yeah,
2: she makes me think of the guy... um who who the cloaca machine who who's very interested in feces right and his exploration of this and in our relationship to this this smell this this <laughs> this material and she does it the same way with smell um and
1: really forces you to think about the the topic
2: yeah yeah but uh so it's very it's very very interesting that she dived into this and I, I wanted to mention a couple um of things that that make that even more intriguing um and that's considering what's actually happening to your inside your nose when you are sensing a smell um like you said it's the only sense with a direct connection to the brain so when you breathe chemicals into your nose you have proteins that bind to millions of Molecules And these molecules rush into your nose and they get really cozy with the nerve endings of your brain's so olfactory bulb. And you have 400 receptors trying to suss out the different smells. Mm-hmm. Uh, so say you're walking down a street in New York early on a Sunday morning in July. You're going to be bombarded with a bunch of different smells. Yes.
1: It is a city of amazing stinks for sure.
2: It is. It is. Um, or, or, you know, the day before garbage pickup, right? It's, right. it's, um, or you go past a pizza parlor and your, your brain is trying to make sense of, of all this olfactory input. So, um, it's, it's very interesting when you think about it that way. Um, and we think about vision as being really complex. But when you're talking about vision or something like color blindness, really you're talking about three primary colors that you're perceiving. But when you're talking about smells, you're talking about 15,000 identifiable smells that are out there so far, right? Like you said, this is a pretty young field, the field of smell.
1: And as we walk around, we're all carrying around this database of of smells with us, Um, like not only the smells that – we recognize in our in our mind mm-hmm. because i think we've all had that situation where we're walking down the street and a different a smell will hit us out of nowhere and suddenly we're transported back to our childhood or something right and and sometimes we're not even sure what that odor was it's not like oh the smell of fresh peaches that it takes me back i don't know why it's
2: i know you had all italian i don't, it takes I don't know back. Why
1: italians are talking about peaches but uh-huh. but i'm thinking about new york streets i guess i don't know but but more like like for me it's like a smell will hit me and i it will be an unclassifiable smell, like mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that odor is, but it takes me back. Uh, but, but so not only those, od- the, the odors of memory, but also just the odors on our person, in our coat.
2: Well, I was actually thinking about that a lot today because I'm wearing this, uh, vintage um, velvet jacket. And uh-huh. it's one of my mom's cronies actually gave it to me. And it's really sweet. Love it. Um, uh, but it has this. It's very shiny. Yeah, it's very shiny. And it has the scent of her, her perfume on it. It's clean, but obviously this is something that survived it. And so I feel like I'm wearing the autobiography of someone else right now. Mm-hmm. And it's a little disconcerting, um, just to every once in a while smell this scent. But, uh, this is one of the things that Cécile Tolos, the, the odor artist really wanted to check out. And she did this by analyzing a bunch of coats from the citizens in, uh, I think it was uh, Montpellier, France. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she took their coats and analyzed it. Um Basically, she uh, used her, her nose to try to figure out the different profiles of smell. And, and it, before anybody scoffs at that, this is actually, um this is something that uh, perf- perfumers do all the time. You can really train your nose to detect the most minute smell yeah. or uh, so- this is something that's real, by the way. And um Sal so Talas is like, she's a giant in her field. So she's pretty well respected. And she actually has created scents for Prada, um, Calvin Klein, and all sorts of other people. So she knows what she's talking about here. Uh, but anyway, she has also, just another little interesting fact about her. She has a smell archive preserved in 7,630 airtight jars. Wow. Which feature dirty fabric, chunks of fried fish, uh, or dried fish, rotten bananas, 150 variations on dog poo, <laughs> and her favorite aroma, that of her 13 year old daughter, which I thought was really cool. Huh. So anyway, this, this expert on odor takes these coats and analyzes them. And what does she find?
1: Well, that there's a, Complex bouquet going on there, right? Is mm-hmm. that the term, the bouquet? Yeah, there's some you
2: know. top notes and there are some bottom notes for sure. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, like there's a certain amount of like fecal odor uh, on yeah. some of the coats. Yeah, yeah. There analyzes. was there
2: was one product coat uh, that was analyzed and it had two percent dog feces, five percent soy sauce, six percent gasoline smell, nine percent Jill Sander aftershave. Mm-hmm. By the way, this aftershave was not the aftershave of her husband. Oh. It was of someone else. Um, codfish, 12% Chanel Number 5, which is the scent she wore, and 26% tobacco, 30% sweat.
1: Wow. Where was the codfish coming from?
2: I I mean, she must have just had a little codfish for for lunch before she gave her coat over.
1: Or they had one of those freak days where it, like, rained cod. Or yes,
2: yeah. yeah, that was probably one of those days. Yeah, huh. frogs the day before, then cod. But yeah, all this stuff is in our clothes, and we're walking around, and we think that we're so clean, especially here, you know, in the United States, where we're obsessed with sanitizing ourselves and covering up.
1: Well, yeah, because I mean, clean is an interesting topic just in and of itself, uh, because we over time have taken the idea of hygiene and the idea of spiritual purity mm-hmm. and, and intertwined the two to to the point where in many cultures there's just no pulling them apart again. Right. Right. So,
2: so, I mean, it's just – and she will say, uh, this odor artist, that the West is way too obsessed with sanitizing. Uh, we should get a little bit more comfortable with the different smells that we have, like the smell of fear, which oh, we will talk yes. about right after this. This podcast is brought to you by Intel, the sponsors of Tomorrow,
1: and the Discovery Channel. At Intel, we believe curiosity is the spark which drives innovation. Join us at curiosity.com and explore the answers to life's questions. So, the smell of fear. Mm-hmm. And this, this really this boils down to, to some of uh, the, you know, the, a lot of what we can discuss about the evolution of our sense of smell and mm-hmm. where it plays. Because if you can smell fear, and you hear that a lot, it's like, don't mess with that guy, he can smell fear. Or, right. Don't be weird around this dog, it can smell fear. The idea that, that we're emitting some sort of odor, be that just a, some, be it just sort of a body funk or mm-hmm. an actual pheromone that says, I am afraid. Right. I am on edge and a little terrified. Uh, it, it's Uh It's a fascinating concept because you would not want to emit that odor. You would want to emit the, I'm pretty awesome and could beat up a dog kind of a. Attitude, right, right.
2: Right. Because, again, here we have these, these molecules being sucked up by our noses and we are detecting all this on a very subtle level, which right. which, again, this the odor artist is um, using this to try to explore, you know, all these different uh, happenstances of our humanity like fear.
1: So uh Cecil, to loss the uh, the artist we were talking about, uh, she also went after this whole fear Uh, smell thing. And she ended up, uh, this is 2006. She'd analyzed all these different examples of men in a state of fear.
2: These, these were men, by the way, who who had chronic states of fear, right? It wasn't just like every once in a while they were scared, but for various reasons they were under duress.
1: Yeah. Be you know, maybe they were a veteran or something and they were Mm -hmm. able to, you know, summon this, this fear, uh, for the experiment. Mm -hmm. And they took samples from their, their underarms. And in this, uh, in 2006, Sissel covered the walls of an, uh, MIT gallery mm-hmm. with, uh, and I mean, officially not, you know, she didn't go in there and just do it after the lights were out. Right. Uh, she had
2: a, she had an exhibit. Yeah. Imagine,
1: <laughs> like basically imagine walking into an exhibit hall and, mm-hmm. and it looks like all the paintings are gone. And you're like, Oh, well, I'm kind of bummed out. I came here for an art show. And then right. you realize, no, instead of going up and looking at a painting, you're going up to that blank canvas and you're sniffing.
2: That's right, because this wall is a metaphor for the skin.
1: Right, and she's uh, basically she's chemically reproduced the molecules from the sweat of Mm -hmm. these men that she studied, uh, who were suffering fear, and and you're going up and you're getting to smell different variations on that odor. Mm -hmm. And she she mentioned that there was one individual who had uh, who had had been in the war and uh, and he was smelling like an an Asian uh, fear odor. And the DI was like brought to tears because he was like, this really takes me back to this guy I knew during the, the war.
2: Isn't that amazing? It is amazing, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and how she did this is pretty interesting too. She used micro encapsulation technology to produce a gloss paint that releases its scent when gently touched.
1: Scratch and sniff.
2: Yeah, scratch and sniff, yeah. uh, wall of fear, basically. So you have <laughs> these nine different smells of mm-hmm. fear, you know, for these nine different men and, uh, and all of these guys like you said they, they collected their sweat during um when they were under duress. and one of them actually was uh a guy who engaged in S&M.
1: Ah.
2: And uh so he collected his perspiration when he visited sex clubs.
1: So he's he's he has a fearful odor uh emitting from himself when he right these well clubs?
2: because i mean that's part of his um uh, I mean, yes, he was aroused, but it's he has to experience fear in order to be aroused. Okay. So they were collecting that. So, again, that's what we're talking about, like very different situations, but all of them fear-based. Right. Yeah. And so can you imagine, you're kind of scratching and sniffing around this wall, and you're getting these different profiles of smell. And like you said, the guy that that perceived his friend in this one smell, who wasn't obviously his friend, is pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. it, It kind of boils down to two. Uh, to some of the stuff we've talked about about how there's stuff going on in our brain that we're not conscious of, like yeah. a lot of stuff under the surface of the waves of, uh, of human cognition. And, uh, and certainly, um, uh, the processing of smells is just another one of those things. Oh, that, isn't, I was just thinking yeah. about
2: that too, like the, how we a- arrive at an idea and we keep mm-hmm. thinking we have these aha moments when in fact, and we talked about this before, like, do we actually have free will? But it's all being, our perception is being colored all the time and these aha moments rise to the surface after they've been vetted um in, mm-hmm. in so many different subconscious ways like you said like smell so
1: again like we discussed at the um towards the top of the podcast funky smell mm-hmm. if we pair that with a picture of a foot we're repulsed pair it with a picture of uh you know a fancy um hard or soft cheese and mm-hmm. we're more likely to salivate
2: right right scratch us if a wall we're scared right um but yeah i mean it, it is all in the way that it's uh it's packaged and again you have the odor artist responsible for making something called human bacteria cheese
1: which brings the two together into one product
2: the fear in the yeah <laughs> the d- fear of disgust the, of and the, the disgust human feet
1: and then the the attraction to cheese and here it is in one product
2: yeah yeah i think it's fascinating she she wanted to know what happens when i grow an edible substance from my own body uh bacteria and then eat it Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, again, she, this fascination with smell that she, and bacteria, um, she decided that this body bacteria would be the ideal organism, uh, to carry a smelly bacterium closely related to human armpits and feet. She took working samples. She collected them from friends and family, and then she simulated and coagulated them into a range of ripe taste sensations, (laughs) like Daisy's armpit philosopher's toe
0: Chris,
2: christina's hand and Sissel's foot
1: well if i had to go for one i would go for philosopher's toe
2: yeah i know that sounds like yeah. it could be uh nutty mild with a surprising end
1: yeah and there's a great foot in mouth kind of uh metaphor going oh in yeah too, yes yes yeah.
2: nice nice um it, but and you know you had we talked about david beckham's foot before and it turns out that um i don't think she actually grew any cheese from his samples,
1: but she could. That's the the amusing thing.
2: She could. She right. absolutely could. But it turns out that his particular odor has the chemical construction uh, most similar to a Belgian Limburger cheese. Okay. So there. So, I mean, there, so if you want to, uh, yeah,
1: if you want to partake in uh, in in our reaction to David Beckham's foot, just go find a nice Lumberger and uh, give it a whiff. There you
2: know? go, there you go. That's that's what we were smelling. Uh, but it really is an interesting idea that you know, if you get very hard up for a food source, you could actually sort of grow your own cheese from your body, right?
1: Well, I met a a hippie girl once who had made mead. Like the alcoholic beverage that the, the old like, ale. Like ye old ale, yeah, medieval stuff. And she had used like um under her own underarm funk to to like kick start it. So
2: well that is artisan crafted uh mead right there. Yeah. I mean I can't argue against that.
1: I did not try it, but um it, it existed. So
2: <laughs> I'm sure it probably was delicious. Who knows?
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, it just comes down to the whole, um, how do we semantically uh categorize something? How do we distance yeah. something from its source? It's like I did a blog post a while back uh titled, um, all water has been pooped in or something to that effect. Right. I forget what I titled it. But basically, the argument is at some point in the fa- past, any water that we drink has been foul. Like it is, has yeah. uh, probably fallen out of a dinosaur's cloaca at some point in the past. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. And, and, but we don't really think about that because it's, it's transferred through nature. It's gone down a stream and then here it is. It's, oh, it's fresh water.
2: Well, companies and government will say too. Okay. Yeah. They're not going to call it sewer treated water, but they're going to say, ah, it was, um, you know, it was filtered through this underground compartment and which, you know, and then charcoal, blah, blah, blah. So again, there's the semantic distancing and this idea of, well, it may have had urine in it at one point, but by the time it reached, you know, a mile out this way, it's fresh and pure, like you know, Rocky Mountain Spring.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't want to think about the fact that when you go to a restaurant, there may be human skin cell flakes on your food.
2: There are for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just,
1: it's just going to happen. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's like we we it's like how do we interpret this the smell? How do we interpret the source of something that is entering our lives or our bodies?
2: Yeah, and I would be interested to know, like, okay, given all this information about smell, has has this changed your perception at all about smell? The things that that you detect. Um, you know, is it do you think it's as mood altering uh, as some people say it is?
1: Well, I think we all have our favorite scents, you know, that really mm-hmm. kickstart us. Like you were talking about, uh, like coffee is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's a local coffee shop that I go to a lot to write, um, uh, called Joe's in case anyone wants to seek it out in Atlanta. I uh, just don't bother me while I'm there because I'm working. Bother him. Bother no, him. Do him, not bother, him, bother him. me. Bother him. He's but- the
2: guy with the blue shirt. That says Boards of Canada on it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wear this every day, but, uh, but anyway, I'll leave there smelling like coffee. And while I'm there, like the smell of coffee is, is comforting. Occasionally mm-hmm. there'll also be like a bum that walks in and like reeks of right guard mm-hmm. for some reason, but, but like, sanitizing, yeah, it's better than what lays beneath. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, but at any rate, like the smell of coffee for me is very comforting. It's like a very like, oh, it's, it's coffee time. It's, it's like a thought, like personal creativity kind of a scent for me. But for you, it's, it's not a pleasant one, right?
2: No, because I used to smoke. And mm-hmm. so I spent all our time, um, in coffee houses, uh, not smoking Clove cigarettes. Don't worry. I wasn't doing that. Uh, but writing and, uh, smoking, uh, and so every time that I, I come home from a coffee shop and I smell that, that coffee smell, I, I immediately think of like headachey, like past. Um, I mean nothing like terribly nefarious, just mm-hmm. just something that I don't enjoy doing anymore and I don't enjoy smelling.
1: Well, there you go. I mean, it's tied to memories, it's tied to past experiences and expectations. So yeah,
2: it's the Proust effect, right? Yeah, can't help but but have some sort of memory, especially since that's what it stimulates. I mean, smell stimulates communication, memory, um, all, all parts of your uh, brain that are connected to. Uh, emotion.
1: All right. Well, uh, well, there you go. Sort of an intro to how mind-blowing smell can be. And in a future podcast episode, we are going to talk about the future of smell and how technology can and will enable us to manipulate this amazing – can we call it the fifth sense? I don't know. I don't know where it ranks in the, the, the numbers.
2: I, I guess it depends on how they execute it.
1: I'm calling it the fifth sense. All right. The fifth uh, cent. How we can manipulate the fifth sense and, uh, <laughs> and, and use it to enhance uh, products. Uh, which I think is gonna be an exciting episode. But in the meantime, let us know what you think about the smells in your life, in this realm of, of scent that surrounds you. Like mm-hmm. like what how does a favorite smell factor into your life? How does a, a least favorite smell? And where do you stand on the whole cheese foot situation? uh you can let us know by dropping by Facebook or Twitter. We are blow the mind on both of those and certainly especially on the Facebook uh, is is just a great place to interact with us, ask us questions, share things with other listeners. Uh, uh I really enjoyed.
2: Yeah, we've had some great that. posts from people out there. Um so uh also you can uh take a stab at creating a profile from your own jacket, scent profile and you can send us what you think that is composed of uh and you can email us at blow the mind at howstuffworks.com
0: Be sure to check out our new video podcast Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks
2: staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow.